This is Brian Kane with the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast, and this episode is especially dedicated to one of the best and most legendary mental performance coaches of all time, the late, great Harvey Dorfman. Harvey Dorfman was author of The Mental Game of Baseball, The Mental ABCs of Pitching, The Mental Keys to Hitting and Coaching the Mental Game, all books I recommend anybody who's a baseball softball coach, anybody who's an aspiring mental performance coach to look into. Now, if you're a pitcher specifically in baseball or softball, or you're a pitching coach, or you work with pitchers as a mental performance coach, I highly recommend you pick up the mental ABCs of pitching. I really started using this book about two years ago with all of my baseball and softball pitching clients. And what we do is we pick one letter a week. The book is breaking up where you basically have two or three pages on each letter that you can read, and then you have a discussion with those who are inside of your inner circle. Today, I want to read to you the chapter that's had the most impact on my life, on my coaching career, and I believe also those of the pitchers that I work with. And I would encourage you to get the book, again, The Mental ABCs of Pitching on Amazon, get the digital copy on your phone so you have it with you all the time. This chapter is the chapter on execution from the Mental ABCs of Pitching by Harvey Dorfman. Let's begin. Execution. The execution of pitches one at a time is the singular task that moves a baseball game from its opening to its close. All that appears in this book is aimed at and reduced to the execution of each pitch as it is delivered. Unfortunately, all the complexities that are part of the human condition, all of the complications pitchers bring to the game of baseball too often engender the execution of a pitch. In order for that pitch to be well executed, the depth, fullness, and complexity that is part of being human must be replaced by the limited, narrow focus and simplicity of thought required to be a pitcher, an effective pitcher that is. A character in an Ian Pierce novel talks of someone who puts so much effort into squeezing in knowledge that there isn't room left over for common sense. Many pitchers are guilty of just that. They try to squeeze information into their heads about their mechanics, about the hitter, about irrelevant circumstances and consequences, and leave no room for the common sense of focusing on the target and delivering the baseball aggressively. Such pitchers fail to keep it simple, stupid. The simplicity of selection, location, and target is a required component of a well-executed pitch. Also, a pitcher's trust in his talent and preparation allow him to be relaxed, aggressive, and under control. Anything else gets in the way of an effective execution of the pitch. I tell pitchers that they are defined by how the baseball leaves their hands. By this, I mean that the pitcher has control over his approach, and response, but not over the result. What happens to the ball once it leaves his hand? He is entirely responsible for how the pitch is executed, but not for how the batter behaves. If he gets an out on a poorly thrown pitch, he may be happy with his good fortune, but he should not be satisfied because of the result. His execution was not acceptable, and that is how he is measured or he should be. Conversely, if he makes a great pitch and the hitter manages a lucky hit or battles the pitch and gets on base, the pitcher surely has his momentary unhappiness about the result. But he did what he wanted to with the pitch. He executed it well. He had better understand that. Now see response, the response chapter in this book as well. As he is competing, the execution is all that should matter because it is all that the pitcher can control. 
Ron Darling pitched with the Oakland Athletics during part of my tenure with the organization. As a very intelligent Ivy League college graduate, Darling had a tendency to think too much about the wrong things. His manager felt that. On the mound, Darling did not use common sense. The penetrating thought required to arrive at a complicated answer is not the stuff of effective execution of a pitch. Darling and many others whose profound but distracting thoughts inhibited their performance would have been better served by applying the wisdom of Occam's razor, which suggested that the simplest explanation of a phenomenon is usually the most trustworthy. 18, 1998, Al Leiter returned to the mound for the New York Mets after having partially torn a tendon in his left knee on June 26th. He pitched six scoreless innings, giving up two singles. It was fun, Leiter said after the game. It's such simple stuff. Move the ball around, change speeds, locate the ball, get ahead of hitters. Execute pitch by pitch. In other words, it is better to understand a little than misunderstand a lot. Tampa Bay pitcher Wilson Alvarez struggled through the 1998 season in the latter part of the season after having had downtime because of an arm injury. Alvarez ran off five consecutive good performances. He explained to the media, I'm just trying to be aggressive and not trying to throw the perfect pitch. I'm just letting it go and seeing what happens because I've got eight guys in the field who can make an out for me. A simple and appropriate assessment of his execution. He said nothing about hitters. An effective pitch does not outsmart the opposition. He out-executes them. See the chapter on hitters. I spoke in earlier pages about natural instincts and acquired instincts. In order to be a successful pitcher, one is not required to have a genetic predisposition for understanding how to execute a pitch effectively. The understanding and the skill can be developed. See the learning chapter. When interviewed a few years ago, Greg Maddox told the interviewer that he would not have had such success in his career if he hadn't started to learn to change his focus while with the Chicago Cubs early in his career. He learned the value of focusing on execution. I was worrying so much about winning and losing or getting an out or giving up a hit that it was affecting the way I was pitching, Maddox explained. It was interfering with my ability to make good pitches, he said. Thinking exclusively about execution, Maddox went on, made a lot of sense to me, so I tried to do it. It's easier said than done because you play this game to win, but at the same time, you have to forget about that and concentrate on what it takes to win. For me, it's making good pitches. A few years ago when I was working for the Florida organization, the Marlins... A few years ago when I was working for the Florida organization, the Marlins played a game against Atlanta at Joe Robbie Field, as it was then named. Maddox pitched that particular night. He left the game with a 2-1 lead after having pitched seven innings. The reliever gave up the tying run, so Maddox did not get a W. The Braves eventually won 3-2. After the game, I met Maddox in the player's parking lot. I thought I'd test him. I asked ambiguously, so how was it out there tonight? Would he complain about not getting a win, about meager run support? His answer was not surprisingly exemplary. He looked at me with a knowing smirk and replied, 50 out of 73. All that needed to be said on the subject. He had thrown 73 pitches and had executed 50 to his satisfaction. No results, no explanations. Maddox evaluates his performance by assessing the ratio between intent and action. Pitch by pitch as he competes with himself first in order to effectively compete with the hitter. He works towards pitching what writer Richard J. Brenner called that perfect platonic game. 
That is the theoretically simple bottom line for every pitcher. See the simplicity chapter. Poet Gary Snyder might describe the simplicity of executing pitch after pitch as relentless clarity at the heart of work. Now, what I love about the mental ABCs of pitching is that concludes the chapter is at the end, Harvey Dorfman put down bullet points about what the pitcher should do. So let's take a look at those bullet points. One, recognize that he has complete responsibility for and control of the execution of a pitch. Two, know that the individual pitch is the immediate task at hand and there should therefore be his immediate and exclusive concern and focus. Three, understand that the pitcher, with all the inherent complications of being human, must bring simplicity and singular focus to the game. Four, recognize that this is done by being attentive to the effective execution of each pitch, that the next pitch is the most important pitch he will throw then the next one after that, and so on, one at a time. Five, remember that selection, location, and target are the keys for focusing on execution, and that an aggressively controlled delivery is the other element of the proper execution of a pitch. Six, include as a major component in any evaluation of performance of the relationship between the number of pitches thrown and the number of effectively executed. That concludes the chapter on Harvey Dorfman's Mental ABCs of Pitching, the chapter on execution. Here's what I want you to take away if you're a pitcher listening to this. The only thing that you can control is where you throw the baseball. Once it leaves your hands, there's nothing you can do. So your commitment has to be to where am I throwing the ball? And when I ask pitchers, whether they're high school, college, professional, baseball, softball, what's your job? They'll say, get hitters out throw strikes, hang a zero, keep my team in the game, give my team a chance. Rarely, if ever, do I hear a pitcher say, just execute the pitch. And when you just execute pitches, everything else will take care of itself because that's all you can control. So to summarize, your goal as a pitcher must be in your control. And the only thing you control is where you throw the ball. So evaluate your success like Greg Maddox does 50 out of 73 on how well you executed throwing the ball where you want it to. Now, I want you to back up this podcast with listening to an interview a podcast I did with Corbin Burns, pitcher of the Milwaukee Brewers. And part of Corbin's routine is he'll read that chapter on execution twice between starts. And in 2019, Corbin will tell you he, he got sent to the minor leagues, had a 10 ERA as a starter who had 40 innings. And in 2021, He set major league records for striking out 56 guys before giving up his first walk. He struck out 10 in a row against the Cubs. He was a 2021 All-Star. And at the time of this recording, he's a favorite to win the Cy Young. But again, that's something outside of his control, so we'll see what happens. But what's within his control is what he does on a day-to-day basis, and we call that execution. Execution of the pitch, execution of the process, execution of the routine. If you're in baseball and you're looking for more, Listen to the Corbin Burns podcast, which I'm going to put in the notes here, and also check out my free baseball masterclass where I teach for about an hour on all aspects of the mental game of baseball. You can check that out at briancanecom slash baseball, also in the show notes. Thanks for being with me, and thank you, Harvey Dorfman, for having a massive impact on my life, my career, and the mental game of baseball. Hey, thanks for taking a listen to this Mental Performance Mastery podcast. If you have not yet checked out my daily podcast mental performance daily you're going to link to that in the show notes here as well and make sure you join me every day so together we can work on dominating the day